0: Welcome to the Happiness Contribution Show, with me, your happy host, Rosaria Cirillo. On the show, we talk about the various roles happiness plays in our individual lives and in business, and about the benefits that being happy brings. And we share knowledge and practices about what contributes to our happiness. Join me and my guests on this happiness journey together, and get involved by visiting our website at happinesscontribution.com. Welcome to the Happiness Contribution Show. I'm your host, Rosaria Cirillo, an Italian living in the Netherlands since 21 years with my Dutch husband and two boys, 11 and 12. Energy, enthusiasm, and love of learning being my uh, some of my key strengths. I spent over 20 hours in the world of customer experience in various roles. I'm a certified customer experience professional, happiness trainer, laughter yoga teacher, and since just a couple of weeks, also a yoga teacher and I'll tell you all more in this episode and I'm a speaker, trainer and corporate advisor on all things customer experience and happiness and I'm the author of Yellow Factor and I evangelize the role that the science of happiness and well-being play in business and in life. Um, this is my happiness contribution show podcast where we share knowledge and practices about what contributes to our happiness and how we can contribute to others happiness as individual and as business leaders. Uh, and I normally do other interviews or insight sharing, but actually now for the third time, I have this uh, kind of setup of a bit of a solo, uh, sharing in which I share some major insights with you, and, uh, and because I'm just back from a one month in Nepal, um, yeah. In today's episode, I want to share with you how did it all started, how did I even end up in Nepal, what did I actually do there for a month, uh, what is yoga because I've been uh, studying yoga there, what is really yoga then, and what are my key learnings and takeaways from this month, as well as the uh, intentions that. uh, took away with me and the new habits that I've been uh, working on building now that I'm back home. So let's get started. So um, how did it all started? Well, if you have listened to my previous episode of the podcast, you may know from episode 16 and 19 uh, that uh, in November 2023, 2022, um, my life was completely turned upside down really overnight. And I lived through the most challenging and difficult three months and uncertain three months of my entire life. My husband was in the hospital, intubated, in ICU, entirely paralyzed. um, And I had to get through it also with my kids. And in addition to faith and the um, support of my network, what really kept me going were two uh, main things. One, keeping up my daily well-being practices which included laughter yoga, heart coherence, qigong, and um, starting in that period, EFT, about which we have spoken more in episode number 17, uh, where I interviewed Huda Dortland, which helped me through with this practice, Uh, and um, taking those mini recovery moments and some few mid-recovery, so like massages and works. so that was what i was actually doing in that period and what also helped me through was the thought and the idea that once it would all be over um, and sorted of i would actually take a macro recovery and go somewhere in a solitary type of retreat for a while uh, in the happiness studies academy with alban shahar where i certified as a happiness uh, a trainer um, the shahar shares that we can handle any type of stress, like stress in itself is not the problem, as long as we have recovery. Because stress is not the problem, lack of recovery is. So he recommends that we have this good mix of three type of recovery, like a mini recovery, just few seconds, just few breaths, uh, breaks along the day, few seconds, just a breath, uh, even every hour. So that's a really mini recovery. Mid-recovery, it can be like an hour work or a massage or taking a day uh, off. And then we have the macro-recovery, like the big holidays, a week away, a month away, which are more exceptional. And so after those three months, and even during those three months, I knew that I also had to plan that micro-recovery. Even though I felt I had managed it through, I really felt I preventively had to take that month off while I was still fine and not once I would collapse eventually in six or seven months. Uh, and I also knew that it needed to be on my own, like no kids or no hobby. Um, so what happened was that when finally my husband came back home at the end of January and really started recovering by beginning of March, I would start thinking, okay, maybe somewhere later this year, like June, could be a good time to go somewhere. But I really had no brain power um, to actually really think about the what and where, you know, looking up hundreds of websites to make a choice. Uh, and then suddenly it just came to me because it was a simple post at the very beginning of March from um, an acquaintance, actually, from Ilania Vidili, which I had just met in October during a six-day when we both delivered a keynote on um, for six days in Italy, she posted on LinkedIn of all places a picture of herself uh, getting this uh, um, certificate as yoga teacher training and asking, questioning uh, how often do you actually take time for yourself for personal development? Uh, and I know that personal development is absolutely one of my favorite things to do, uh, but I also knew that Nepal had been on my bucket list Forever, And um, I, I knew that if I had to take that uh, break away, I would probably relax much more, uh, rest and recharge while being in a training with some sort of a fixed schedule and doing something for my well-being and for my intellectual well-being than not if I would just go on a beach laying, uh, doing absolutely nothing, which I can't quite do. So I read, and I was also very curious about yoga because uh, having become a laughter yoga teacher two years ago uh, and having started some uh, yoga practice back in 2019, I knew that yoga, whenever I was doing it, was making me feel better, but I didn't know much about it. And again, with laughter yoga, I had become more um, curious and more knowledge about some elements of it, but not all. So it was something to explore uh and um yeah and then i spoke to elenia asked her questions she um really um confirmed how a great experience it was and what a great place then i reached out to the owner of the himalayan yoga academy um checked out all of their courses and i was quite impressed also with uh, how they were replying especially to the owner all my questions and i had a lot um and then like really i said I say it's like choice from the heart, I just booked it, and it turned to be a month, so I was like, oh, okay, they also do Reiki, oh, I'm curious about Reiki, because while my husband was sick, I was playing for him, like, uh, a mantra, which supposedly was from the Reiki, so I got curious also about this uh, healing thing, Um, and then I saw they do singing balls, I was like, oh, you know once i'm going to nepal let's just stay so i booked this entire month um i felt very excited about it until a few days before i left when i started to think by god what was i thinking eventually i still flew and so what did i do there for an entire month i arrived in Kathmandu on the 27th of uh, may i was picked up by uh, the airport by a driver from the himalayan yoga academy so that part i have to say across the whole period i really loved um, it was all super organized and taken care of. And within the uh, just a short 30-minute drive, but pretty crazy one because the traffic is incredible in, in Kathmandu and the drive left and it's just all motorbike. And I say it's like Na- Naples, where I'm from, but on steroids. So uh, after this crazy drive, we arrived at the academy. It's a beautiful building uh, um, just behind the mountain, which then I learned it's a jungle. Um, And then again, the owner immediately welcomed me and he showed me to my room, which was a beautiful, um, nice room with the most incredible view and a big terrace, um, super lovely. And uh, I arrived just at noon, so just at time for lunch. My first training, the Reiki training, was supposed to start at 2 p.m. But luckily, um, so Yoga actually informed me that the, re- the training would be postponed of maybe one or two days because the teacher was busy in something else. And for me, it was just like fine. I was like, great, I actually can take the time to really land um, after also like what had been a, a 15 hours uh, a flight via yeah. Yeah, Nova. Uh. Um, so I could just chill. But then actually the very so and then that was saturday and uh, and sunday and the training actually only starts on monday but then basically that saturday and sunday was very weird for me because it was a real chill down and nothing really to do And i'm really not used to that and I'm definitely not in the past months so those first few days were actually a bit tough for me i was also having a bit of a day coming uh, from the flight or from whatever and really, in those first few days, I was really thinking, what the heck am I doing here? How did I could possibly think that spending an entire month of my life here would be a good idea? What the heck am I going to do here? Um, so it was a it was very, very uh, strange feeling. Also, I did not put my feet out of the academy yet. So I thought, you know, I mean, just in this building. Yeah, sure, I can see Kathmandu but I could be anywhere else in the world and it would not make any difference. So eventually things started really to uh, change on the Monday where we actually started the the Reiki um, uh, course. But most also what happened in addition to starting the Reiki course and uh, so that I got my... Um, my intellectual well-being started to be nurtured from the new learnings, and the relational well-being from connecting with the new people there. I feel what I really also bit made a difference was that for the first time, on the Tuesday, I actually left the academy and I went to the um, a coffee place close by together with a new arrival from UK, and it turned out to be one the best espresso that I ever had. But most of all, I did not realize that I had been for 72 full hours without espresso. And while I'm only drinking two to three espresso a day, it turns out, um, yeah, caffeine withdrawal, it's actually a thing. So my headache lifted up and I started to feel, uh, um, again, all my energy uh, coming uh, back. So, all um, my explorative interests for uh, Nepal were also fulfilled by walking around and starting to really experience Nepal and the Nepalese people around. And from that moment on, that daily espresso at Moki Cafe became the one fixed routine, among all the other ones, but my my very own fixed routine that I would do any day between, so we would have always breakfast at nine, so between 9.30 and and then before the start of the philosophy classes, I would just run uh, to the uh, to the coffee espresso place, no matter what, you know. It's like, even if it was like 30 degrees and super warm, I would just make it there. And, um, and then also, like, I learned at the very end, actually on the last day that they produce that coffee, because it was really, truly the best espresso of my life. Turns out they actually produced it with Nepalese beans, which were from the um uh, field of the owner of that coffee so now i took my kilo back and i probably will start sourcing my own coffee <laughs> from there anyway beside espresso experience uh while i was at the Malayan yoga academy i took actually three courses the first one was the um reiki level one So I'm going to show you also a bit the the syllabus that I had there for Reiki. I then followed the 22 days uh, um, and 200 hours yoga teacher training, which came also with another big syllabus and with a huge main book to to read and to study and uh, an additional one for further readings now that I'm home. And then I also followed uh, one day singing ball introduction course, which was also like a really fantastic uh, discovery for me. Like it's uh, the vibration that, that those singing bowls make. It's a uh, really, really nice and powerful, and um, and it's also sort of yoga sound, um, yoga. And in addition to the three courses, we also had four excursion days. So the first excursion was to Farthing uh, where it's a beautiful Tibetan village full of um, uh, um, Tibetan uh, monasteries and uh, places and with a really strong spiritual energy I found. And while there we also uh, went to Dakshin Kali where since that, it's a big Hindu temple and pilgrimage destination with people coming also from India I have to say, for me, the energy I felt there was very different, so not exactly my um, place. Another day, we had a wonderful uh, um, yoga session in the Buddha temple in Kathmandu, and there was possibly one of the most blissful day while there. And then in the last couple of days, after all the courses were finished, I just explored a bit more Kathmandu, going to Tamil, which is the main uh, um, shopping touristic area and the very famous Darbar Square. And one more day, I just walked all around the academy, exploring all of the the, the various temples, both Hindu and uh, Tibetan temples all around the academy. And overall, this entire month, I'm like, so this is my third uh, um, reality solo podcast. And the first two were really about the most terrible and stressful and challenging three months of my life. And this one instead is really about what turned out to be the most enriching, expanding and fulfilling month and experience of my life. Um, and also, the, um, uh, the experience at the Your Academy also ended up being a very H6 example, what I call human-connected happiness-contributing and art-centered experience for the way also that the owner managed the business and that the various gurus share their, their wisdom. So, if I think in terms of heart, mind, body, and soul, as I've learned while there, my heart was... Filled and, and it's still full of all the care and attention that I've received both from the owner Suyog, a yog, from the teacher but especially also from me the owner's mother Kopila and uh, people working with her which were taking care of all the food it's just like so much love and attention done in the food on keeping it warm sometimes where I was late or just accommodating every possible thing on gluten free on, on dairy free at no extra cost um, or also getting a new table and chairs on the roof terrace just a few days later that I had arrived and I suggested, oh, this roof terrace is fantastic, would be great to also have a table and some chairs, done. Um, My mind, it's uh, been enriched by all the new knowledge and insight gained. There is really so much wisdom and potential for health and happiness in the knowledge and practices of Reiki, of yoga, and the singing bowls. My body, it's like, I feel it like never before. It really feels completely recharged, released of all the tension accumulated not only in the last months and year, but like probably my entire life and really much more open, uh, all thanks to what have become really daily practices. So, so I am no morning person at all. Like, I mean, even my kids, when they were baby, they really had challenges getting me out of the bed. But somehow... While there, I managed to wake up every single day at 5.30 on the dot without any alarm. I did a short Reiki morning practice before 6.30 a.m. Then at 6.30 a.m., we, uh, I joined the team for the Yalaneti, which is a uh, uh, nose cleansing practice that we do every morning before starting anything. Uh, then we drank tea. And then at 7 a.m. we had Hatha yoga practice until 9, sometimes 9.30. <laughs> uh, then breakfast, then my coffee. And then at uh, 10 a.m. we would have the philosophy class. And, um, and after lunch at 3.30 3. 30 to 5.30 we would have another two hours of Hatha, uh or Ashtanga yoga practice um and then we would have meditation from 6 to 7 p.m and i basically sh- ended up sleeping an average of four to maybe four hours and a half a night where i normally i cannot function without seven to eight hours but yet i felt so much more energy and flow than ever um and i also discovered that actually surprisingly didn't miss meat, and probably even makes me more tired because I I felt all of this extra energy. And finally, my soul was reminded that learning, exploring, connecting to people in different cultures and then teaching what I learned, um, reframing it, repackaging it and, uh, and really sharing my knowledge and experience with others in my own style. Are really my life purpose and the path I want to pursue even even more than I'm already doing it, and uh, and that also this finding came also thanks to the fact that I, I I totally didn't realize that as a part of the training we would also be required to complete three written assignments, um, including what is yoga to me, what is pranayama, which is the art and science of increasing our energy through breath control. And who am I? Which, yeah, was really quite uh, a reflection trigger. We then had to complete three practical assignments of um, designing um, our own content uh, um, based practices based on our uh, own uniqueness. So I had to lead a one hour yoga nidra session, which I made mine, including a sunflower visualization. We had to lead a 30 minute subtle yoga practice, or also called one and we had to lead a 90-minute complete yoga session um, with all the elements, so introduction uh, with uh, Om and the chanting and the Sankalpa, subtle yoga warming up, asana, pranayama, meditation uh, and closure, and of course I also added in my extra touch of laughter yoga um, between the warm-up and the asana. Then we also had to complete a written exam with 20 questions to be answered in an hour on the day before graduation. And we have to prepare a 20 minutes presentation deepening research and understanding of a topic of our choice. I chose to look at the different types of uh, um, yoga. Did you actually know that there are over 16 different types of yoga? and um, look at them in relation to the seven different uh, chakras. Now, I will be sharing more about each of those items in future blog posts and podcast episodes. Here, what I want to share with you is uh, only the first assignment, so what is actually yoga, and my key learnings. So, When it comes to what is really yoga, for me, just like many other people, I always assume that yoga is very much about the sequence of posture to stretch uh, and relax the body. And when sometimes you get some extra uh, sharing of nice sentences from the teacher, it it made me very happy. Uh, But in this month, I actually learned that the posture or asana, which represents the harmony with the body, are only one of the six Um, key elements of hatha yoga and only one out of the eight uh, eightfold paths or also called limbs or also called ethics of ashtanga uh, yoga Uh, and that hatha and ashtanga yoga are only two out of those 18 plus different types of yoga Uh, so there is so much more than asana and if I just look at how I described what yoga is to me For me, it boiled down to be a combination of art, wisdom, science, philosophy, and practice that brings harmony, nourishment, connection, and contribution, my favorite words. So harmony between and nourishment of elements like mind, body, energy, and soul through the breath of our inner self and our outer self of all the different systems in our body and our, our five senses, but also of all the elements of our being, spiritual, physical, intellectual, relational, and emotional, the SPIRE framework from Tal shahar as well as awareness of our own limitations and capacity, and ultimately is about knowing, doing, and being. When it comes to connection, for me, it's connection with our inner self and with our other self, with our body, mind, and soul, between our inner self and the higher consciousness, within between all of those different chakra and um, the five elements even of fire, air, water, space, and art, with the universe and the universal energy, and also connection with being in the here now, in the present moment, and connection with all the other human beings and with the divine part that lives into every living creature. And I love that. Um, That's also the meaning of the namaste sign that that they do um, uh, as saying, uh, giving regards to each other. In that namaste, there is also really this, I acknowledge the divine in me, and therefore I acknowledge the divine in you. And the ultimate element of contribution, I really found that yoga can contribute to our happiness and growth, to our health and quality of life, to our increased compassion and gratitude, to our self-discovery and self-management, to our calm and resilience, to our uh, centeredness. It really helps us to center. It can also contribute to our performances and success because when we are feeling better with our body, with our energy and with our mind, We can achieve much more. It contributes to our knowledge and to our being, to our awareness and understanding. Um, It also gives an improved perception of what is real and what is just um, and uh, uh, the impermanence of of every possible thing. Uh, It ultimately helps us also expand and self realize. And I found that it really contributes to find peace with oneself and with other people. If that's what you yeah, guys to me, so what are the key learnings and ultimately the takeaway from this month? I have 14 main ones. First, um, my main finding was that I can always choose between a complaining attitude and a gratitude attitude looking for the small things to be thankful for. Um, Whenever the water from the shower was not working, I could think, oh, I have no warm water. I could think, oh, great, I have cold water. I can have a cold shower uh, in the Hoffman Hoffman, uh, style. Just do it. Um, And so with so many other little things. Second, I can always consider alternatives to my preferred way, uh, and remember that sometimes those alternatives can turn out to be even better than my initial way. Starting the day with the sunflower breathing, sun salutation, Reiki practice, Yalaneta and Yogasana has really given me extra energy and a better attitude that, than I took with me for the entire day. Number four, as I mentioned, surprisingly, I felt very energetic with just four hours of sleep. Per night and going uh, um, totally vegetarian, even though I'm normally uh, a user, big, big meat eater, and I cannot do without on my one espresso a day. The fifth, very important one, I found that I really, I constantly, continuously expand and contract, and that expansion and contraction are part of the same process and that they are both needed. Contractions are needed for expansions. If you think of the birth also uh, dilatation, that it only happens if you have contractions. And expansions will be better and wider if our mind and heart are open to it. And I can focus and choose more of what expands me while finding the ease in the discomfort during the contraction. Number six, there are people that expand and appreciate me and people that contract me and I can choose who to spend my time with and when uh, I'm really stuck with contracting people, I can simply choose to close my energy, my aura field to theirs and do not let them dim my light. Seven, I have the choice of if how often, how much, and how long I let someone or something contract me for, before moving to expansion again. So with the awareness, I can choose to move out of that contraction. Eight, I can always uh, choose to stay rooted in my strengths and trust in the process. Nine, I expand when I go traveling and exploring, learning new things, and connecting with local culture and people. 10, I can always recenter, and very often need to by simply taking few moments of silence and deep breathing. 11, I actually love creating and teaching a yoga class combining physical practice with knowledge sharing. That was actually a big uh, new finding for me. 12, sometimes it is just what it is and it will not be better in those cases we can just embrace it remembering that everything is temporary and just sit and look at it uh, where can there be also learning and inspiration in what it is 13 i can always set an intention for as little time um, that is manageable at that moment. I loved in the sankalpa that we do at the start of every yoga session where I can say, just for today, I will. Or I can even just say, just for this session, I will. Just for this meeting, I will. Just for the next hour, I will. And take it from there. And finally, number 14, Take the time to check in with people, ask about their story, passion, challenges, and really connect with them from the heart, because sometimes they have stories and elements that you could not imagine unless you really connect with them. And finally, what are my new intentions and the habits that I am taking back home? This list also has 14 points. And it came from a suggestion from a dear friend that was checking with me just on the day before um, I came back how I was feeling and how I was feeling at the thought of coming back home after a month away because the, the return can actually sometimes be, yeah, be crushed back to reality. So she recommended that I would write in the intentions to be reminded once back and returning to this normal life. So here I'm, I'm sharing with you the... Uh, Um, intentions that I wrote for myself and thanking Mario Line for that. Actually, also Mario Line has been uh, in one of our previous uh, um, podcasts talking also about self-love. So you can find that in episode number nine. Uh, Thanks to Mario Line for that. So here's the list. Number one, remember to breathe slowly and deeply as simple as that Two, smile and love three use a soft and lower tone of voice just more often than usual Four, before reacting to any action or communication from husband kids or any other person take a breath smile and remember that you can choose the reaction five compliment husband and kids and other people on their effort more often and not just on the outcome Six, start every day with a morning practice before breakfast, whether it's shower, Reiki practice, Yalaneti, yoga sana, and if possible, add journaling. Seven, be grateful and thankful for what it is instead of focusing on what could or should be. Eight, regularly breathe in and breathe out, checking on what in yoga we call the, the beam, Body, energy, mind, and emotion. How am I doing in each of those four spaces? Nine, when everything seems missing and out of control, just leave the room and go somewhere where I can take some few deep breaths, do a few ohms, and just cleanse my entire feeling and then return to the room. Ten. Create a dedicated area upstairs with my yoga mat, the singing bowls, a candle for Trataka, which is a beautiful candle gazing practice that I also learned. We used to do it after dinner. Uh, And do so so that there is no activation required to maintain my new practices. Eleven, keep my enriched status and gratitude attitude for as long as possible, regardless of other people's actions and reactions. 12, look for and stay open to alternative options to my favorite one and accept things as uh, they are when change is not possible or requires too much energy. 13, remember that we only have a limited number of breaths in our life and that faster breathing equals shorter life. So, Whenever something happens or somebody is annoying me, ask and choose whether something or someone is really worth my energy. I got the number of breaths and time at that moment. And number 14, be lovely and loving. When missing love from others, just focus on self-love. The biggest love is self-love. Learn that in Reiki, learn that in yoga. If I love myself, I don't need others' love to light my fire, to give me love. Then self-love, it's actually sufficient. And that, again, is also teaching that Marioline um, does and that we spoke about in the episode nine. Those were my key takeaways. I'm back home since now a week. I'm happy to report that I'm still managing to hold on to my intentions. Surprisingly, I am lost uh, majorly yet with my husband or kids. I did create a dedicated area um, just behind my office. So so there is now yoga mat. And I've managed already for the past seven days to keep up my new daily routine, also here at home. And it really makes me feel uh, great. So it's working so far. And if I look back at it all, I'm also reminded of the following, that in April and May, I, I followed Shizat Shamin, Positive Intelligence Coaching Programme where one of the key um, beliefs um, that he shares uh, that is about operating from a sage perspective driven by love or, and trust, as opposed to a saboteur perspective driven by fear, it's, um, he says that the key is to believe that every single perceived bad situation, outcome or circumstance in life can be turned into a gift or opportunity. And Shizauts proposes to look at every single bad situation through the three gifts technique. Knowledge, which knowledge can I gain from what happened or do I need to gain now so that in the future I can have a better payoff? Power, which power do I need to grow to be able to situation differently? And third, inspiration, which inspiring action I can commit to that I would not have done if these bad things had not happened. As it turns out, um, eight months after my husband got terribly uh, sick uh, and then recovered, it really turns out that for me, this trip to Nepal ended up the somewhat inspired gift that came from that terrible situation. And it has brought me not only the gift of inspiration, because I took this step, but it also brought me a gift of knowledge, which I wouldn't have otherwise acquired, and also the power of learning to prioritize my self-care no matter what. So, uh, yeah, extremely grateful for that as well, and for me, my message to you is also try to see every single bad thing presumed presumed bad things in your life as gift. What type of gift can you gain from it? I'm now back. So from a work point of view, I will be bedding all of those new learnings, also from the Shidat Shamin coaching program that I followed for eight weeks before going to Nepal, into all my existing and new courses to empower conscious leaders and companies to pursue happiness-driven growth, both uh, Uh, inside out so from themselves out and outside in from their customers perspective inside Um, so if you want to bring more knowledge and practice of happiness and um, uh, h6 in your life organization just get in touch i really cannot wait to share everything that i've learned with you and with that, that was it for um, that was it for my for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. I am Rosaria, and I'm committed to bring more happiness into the world, one customer and one employee at the time, empowering um, companies to achieve growth, productivity, and profits by cultivating happiness personally and for uh, everyone that they serve. Again, if I can be of any help or support for you and your company with my advisory, keynotes, session and training programs, I would love to hear from you, so do get in touch. In the meantime, keep following our podcast, taking care of your well-being and connecting and radiating from the heart. Thank you and until the next episode. This was the Happiness Contribution Show, available on YouTube as a webcast and on your favorite channels as a podcast. If you like the show, we would appreciate if you share it with one person and may benefit from it too. Subscribe to our channel and tune in for the next episode. You can find all the episodes and discover more happiness contribution tips on our website, happinesscontribution.com. That's all for today. Stay happy and healthy and nurture happiness contribution.